0: Liam, Mm. tell me about one of the many times, because I'm sure this has happened more than once, you've been caught in a lie. I mean,
1: I definitely (laughs) did present as being like attracted to women for the first 18 years of my life, which then would not account for all of the gay porn my mom would have found
0: on the computer when I was a teenager. So Mm -hmm. I've Mm -hmm. been found out, you know. Okay, okay. That feels like one of the times it's okay to be in a lie. Thank you. You know, it's It's your personal decisions, your choices, whatever you want to do. But I feel like it sucks when you get caught in a lie. Yeah. Like, that's never fun. No. I'm sure if Brooke were here, she'd be like, all I do is lie. And when I get caught, it's the worst. (laughs) Um, But when it happens in front of the entire world, it's next level misery. And I think Olivia Wilde can speak to that. She's just been busted for telling a pretty big lie about a well-known actor in her new interview with Variety.
1: Yeah, and I would say this is coming at a time in her career, too, when she really does seem to be on the fast track. And it's definitely raising some questions about just how honestly Ms. Olivia is presenting herself to the world.
0: Yes, but as we all know, the whole point of acting is lying. So maybe she's just being really good at her job. God, thank you, thespian. (laughs) From Wondery, I'm Arisha Skinner-Williams.
1: And I'm Liam Garrow, filling in for Brooke Sifrin. It's Monday, August 29th. And you're listening to Rich and Daily.
0: Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, a State Farm agent will be there to help you choose the coverage you need, no matter where you are in life. When you need coverage options, your State Farm agent is there to help, on the phone or in person. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
2: This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move, New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com/wonderypod or text wonderypod to 500-500. That's audible.com/wonderypod or text wonderypod to 500-500. Give me that, give me that
0: Liam. I'm sure you've heard the old adage. It's easier to be a ballerina in outer space than to be in the entertainment industry. I've actually never heard that, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's an up-and-coming adage, Mm -hmm. I'm sure. uh, Trying to get it some traction now. Being in the entertainment industry is hard. It can be really rough, especially if you're a woman. And even if you're a wildly famous and successful woman, it still can be rough on you. And in a new interview with Variety, Double Thread Olivia Wilde opened up about a bunch of the challenges she faces as a powerful woman in film.
1: Yeah. And so this interview is part of her promotional tour for her new big budget movie. It's the second one that she's directed, Don't Worry, Darling, which actually premieres next week at the Venice Film Festival. Mm-hmm. And In the interview, Olivia points out that even though her first movie, Booksmart, which, by the way, so good, even though that was a critical success, it wasn't a box office hit. And she says she's lucky she even got Don't Worry Darling made. She says, fewer people will invest in the second film of a woman than a man. Mm. It's harder for women to get a second chance at directing. And Mm. she also hit on something that I thought was really important. she You know, brought up the fact that very few women have had the chance at directing a film with a $100 million budget. Yeah. And she says, I do feel very passionately that if more female filmmakers are trusted with bigger budgets, we will see box office successes that will then inspire more female directed films to get greenlit.
0: Yeah, I had no idea how few women have directed such big budget movies.
1: Oh, I hadn't until I started researching the story. And I was like, I knew it wouldn't be many. Yeah. I guess in my like optimistic brain, I was like, it'll at least be 10.
0: Yeah, you can count them on one hand. It's insane. That's unacceptable. I'm sorry. Like, that's just outrageous. I know. So right now, Olivia seems to be on that short list of female directors in the circle of trust. And there's a lot of buzz surrounding Don't Worry Darling. I feel like I've heard more about this movie before it's been released than truly any other movie. And that's including Marvel movies. Oh, I mean, 100%. (laughs) (laughs) But all of that buzz is... I don't think the kind of press Olivia was hoping for. So it started off with CinemaCon, which we've talked about that fiasco a few times on here. Uh Uh-huh.
1: And of course, you know, for people who need a bit of a refresh, this is when she was on stage presenting the trailer for Don't Worry, Darling. Mm -hmm. And then while she was on stage, (laughs) she was served with custody papers from her ex, of course, who was actor Jason Sudeikis. And, you know, in this, I mean... Come on. In this interview with Variety, <laughs> Livia talked about that moment without, I will say, mentioning Jason by name.
0: She's definitely very well-practiced in terms of press interviews, I feel like. I think you do
1: learn the lesson eventually where you're just like, how do you talk around something while still talking about it? And, you know, yes. she does go on to say she, like, talks about that whole encounter and she goes... It was my workplace. In any other workplace, it would be seen as an attack. And it was really upsetting. It shouldn't have been able to happen. And Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, no kidding. Olivia also said that the nastiness of what happened distracted from the work of so many different people and the studio and said that it was vicious to try and sabotage that moment, which,
0: Mm. I mean... She's not wrong in the sense of... Because that's all that people talked about. Like, I didn't even know she was presenting Don't Worry Darling at this. Like, I, all I knew is that she was there presenting something, and then the story that I knew about was her getting served. That's it. That's all I knew from that. And then, of
1: course, the picture that gets circulated all over is just, like, her holding the envelope, right? Like Exactly.
0: And now,
1: regarding that, Jason has said that he had no idea that's how it would go down, and he said, had he known, he would have never allowed it to happen. Mm-hmm. But... Mm-hmm. Olivia doesn't really seem to buy that, which, fun fact, neither do I, Liam Garrow, because she said that there are... I mean, I don't. I just don't. Because as Olivia says in the piece, she's like, you know... There are all these hurdles that someone has Mm -hmm. to jump through to get into that room. And she clarified that a person would need several badges. Yeah. Plus special COVID tests that had to be taken days in advance, which gave you wristbands that were necessary to gain access to the event. And then she added that this was something that required forethought.
0: Again, we've talked about how we don't actually know how the whole serving process goes to the point where I wonder if we should sue someone just so we know how it goes.
1: I will happily let you sue me just so we can see how this plays out.
0: Well, I don't know how it works in Canada. You guys are so nice to each other. I don't think you have to serve papers. You're just like, hey, you hurt my feelings. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. That's it. A fun fact about Canada, there's never been a lawsuit. See, I knew it. I knew it. Inspiring. Um, So this is what kind of started, I feel like, all the Don't Worry Darling drama. Mm -hmm. And then following that, there have been rumors that Olivia and her lead actor in the movie, Florence Pugh, are feuding. And it's really hard to kind of separate... How much of it is just the press pitting two women against each other versus how much of it is actual, genuine, they're not big fans of each other. So Page Six reported that Florence was unhappy with the relationship between Olivia and Harry Styles because when this movie first started getting filmed, Olivia was still with Jason. Mm -hmm. But in her Variety interview, Olivia exclusively sings Florence's praises. Like, she's so positive about Florence.
1: 100%. And I will say, like, In this interview, like, Mm -hmm. Olivia doesn't even mention, I mean, granted or deny the feud between, you know, her and Florence. But instead, she, like, goes on and she's like, you know, I knew that Florence was a superstar when she, you know, first saw the movie uh, Midsummer, And, like, you know, Olivia also brings up how society is constantly comparing women to each other and calls out the media, you know, for their role in perpetuating this. And she goes on to say... I think the tabloid media is a tool to pit women against one another and to shame them, which I wholeheartedly agree with.
0: Yeah, same. And because this is Hollywood, truly Don't Worry Darling is the gift that keeps on giving when it comes to drama. And now we have Shia LaBeouf entering the chat. He was originally cast to play the part that Harry Styles took over. And Olivia says that she fired him. And Shia LaBeouf is firing back, saying he quit.
1: Yeah, so in 2020, just as production was getting up off the ground, Olivia says she made the decision to fire Shia because his process was not conducive to the ethos that I demand in my productions. And she also said that Shia has a process that, in some ways, seems to require a combative energy. Olivia also went on to say... I believe that creating a safe, trusting environment is the best way to get people to do their best work. Mm. Ultimately, my responsibility is to the production and the cast to protect them. That was my job. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Olivia said Harry had been her original first choice, funnily enough, for, you know, what went on to become Shia LaBeouf's role. Mm -hmm. And after his tour was canceled because of the pandemic, his schedule, of course, like, opened up. And she's like, you know, we're very lucky that he could become available to replace Shia.
0: So in response to this, Shia is saying, bullshit. Right. And he's come forward to say that Olivia is lying about him being fired. And the best part is he actually has receipts to back it up. So rare. I know. So Variety followed up their interview with Olivia by sharing excerpts of messages that Shia sent to her that proved that he quit the film.
1: Yeah, so Shia claims he quit the film due to lack of rehearsal time on August 17th, 2020. Mm -hmm. Kind of building everybody a timeline here. Yeah. And Shia sent Variety screenshots of text messages he sent to Olivia back in August 2020 where he told her he'd have to back out of Don't Worry, Darling. And according to those text messages, he and Olivia met in person in Los Angeles to discuss his exit, you know, from Mm -hmm. the movie. Mm -hmm. That was on August 16th, 2020. Mm -hmm. And then later that night, Olivia texted him and said... Thanks for letting me in on your thought process. I know that isn't fun, doesn't feel good to say no to someone, and I respect your honesty. I want to make clear how much it means to me that you trust me. That's a gift I'll take with me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Shia also shared an email he sent to Olivia after the Variety article was published saying, firing me never took place, Olivia. And while I fully understand the attractiveness of pushing that story because of the current social landscape, the social currency that brings... It is not the truth.
0: I got a lot of thoughts about this because I know. I'm going to get into them in a second because there is one more piece. Yes. And that's a video has now been leaked that at first watch, this is going to be a teaser for what I'm about to claim later. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, at first watch, it seems to back up Shia's claims.
1: Yeah. So Shia sent a video to Variety that, you know, Olivia allegedly sent him on August 19th, 2020, which would have been two days after. He claims that he quit. And in the video, Olivia is driving a car and asks him to try and make it work. Here's the audio of the entire leaked video.
0: Shaya, Shia. I just went riding my horse, very sweaty, but I wanted to reach out because I feel like I'm not ready to give up on this yet. And I, too, am heartbroken, and I want to figure this out and you know I think this might be a bit of a wake-up call for Miss Flo and I want to know if you're open to giving this a shot with me with us if she really commits if she really puts her her mind and heart into it at this point and if you guys can make peace and I respect your point of view I respect hers But if you guys can do it what do you think is there hope is there hope you let me know okay okay so It's not a good look for Olivia, I'll say that. Like, she's very clearly, it seems like, trying to make things work. But I will say, sometimes we make decisions based off the information we have. So it seems like in this moment she was trying to salvage her film or how she viewed her film. And it's okay if she changed her mind down the road. Now, I know, like, the issue is, like, did she fire him or did he quit? And that's just hard to say because in one of the articles apparently sources confirmed to Variety that he had been fired. So it's like, well...
1: Yeah. I mean, I also read that it was like, it was like, oh, he was fired, but then someone else was like, no, it was really more of like a mutual collective decision. And here's the thing. If that is true, Mm -hmm. I can totally see a situation where like, it weirdly becomes like that gray zone where it's like, great, we agree that this isn't going to work. And so then one party walks away being like, yes, we terminated the relationship. And then the other person's like, no, I terminated the relationship. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I'm also wondering, i like, is this stuff just kind of getting lost in translation? Like, mm. could it be as simple as that? And then... I have to say, I do understand Olivia wanting to advocate for her movie. As we discussed at the top, it's a huge deal. Yeah. When a woman gets a green light on a second movie, she's been given a bigger budget. The stakes are high for her. And maybe she felt like, oh my God, if I lose an actor here, like, is that going to show badly on me? This like, Mm. you know, new female director. You know what I mean?
0: It's weird because I feel like that one sentence of her saying she fired him, she could have easily said we went our separate ways and then still said that stuff about, about his process. Yeah. Because it's like, that seemed to be the thing that kind of was a catalyst for Shia to say something. Which I will say, in this day and age, when you're writing emails, there's no way he didn't write that with the intent of knowing everyone would read it. Oh, I don't think he
1: wrote that to be discreet.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like, it was just so cleverly crafted. And of course, I'm always suspicious. People, celebrities in the public eye, like, We're all just pawns in their PR games. I mean, true. All of this. The timing is very interesting, I will say. Yeah, 100%. So, Liam, Olivia clearly is working to position herself as a champion for women in Hollywood. I feel like she mentioned that a lot, especially in this Variety article. But then she gets caught in this lie about Shia. And so the question is, is she actually this feminist figure? Is she kind of contorting the truth to feed the narrative she's trying to create? I mean, well, first of all, I don't think
1: getting caught in a potential lie immediately dismantles your entire legacy or like whatever your entire personal ethos is. I mean, I guess it depends on the thing, right? I would hope it doesn't,
0: but sometimes people really run away with things.
1: Totally. And again, depends on the severity of the claim. I mean, I don't think... Olivia is trying to you know put on the mask of some like feminist champion because also like again looking at the nature of her work like even her first movie book smart like I would say her personal politics based on what we've seen so far and what we know about lives in her work and you know it takes as you know yeah it takes so much to get a movie up off the ground Mm -hmm. I don't know I just think that would be a lot of work to try and like yeah position yourself as being one way, trying to get work up off the ground that reflects those values only to have that what not be true, like, that doesn't really track with me.
0: I mean, look, I know the struggle. This happened to me when I worked at TGI Fridays. I quit. (laughs) Because there was a shooting the parking lot. They claimed I got fired because I wouldn't stop eating brownie obsessions. Like, it just depends on who you ask. Like, that's just how it works in this business and the restaurant business. (laughs) I mean, listen, if there's one thing that
1: we can conclusively say... TGI Fridays is really the Hollywood of the service industry. And we've known this for a long time.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yes. From Wondery, I'm Marisha Skidmore-Williams.
1: And filling in for Brooke Sifrin, I'm Liam Garrow. This is Rich and Daily. See you tomorrow, Richies. If you like our show, please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or wherever you're listening
0: right now. And tell your friends we've got the hot goss.